What's up, fam? Welcome back to That's the Angle. Before we get into the show, just want to say you can actually watch all these interviews on the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash the Bruce Allen. Uh, you can catch them all there as well as any other content I make. But guys, um, Uncle Scooty is uh, he was such a good guest. Honestly, he's one of the dudes in DC who's really putting on for the city, putting on some epic events always starting new business ventures and just recently he opened up his newest thing called the Sandlot right across the street from the brand new soccer stadium in Washington DC and I went it was awesome it was great it was a really cool vibe and uh, we actually talk about it in this podcast and then he drops some knowledge on us as well um we also talk about gentrification so that was pretty interesting too because uh, if anyone has insight on that um thing in dc then i think it would be him all right guys not going to talk any longer hope you enjoy this podcast with scooty and if you really like it if you really like it or you just listen to even a second of it please go live please go leave a rating and a review on itunes that would be great thank you enjoy whoever was here before i saw some fucking crumbs on the table right but um what's up guys welcome back to that's the angle and today i am joined with scooty and um dude it's good to have you on i uh awesome i've been doing like two three interviews a week now and i've had pierre on i've had davin on and i know you're like super close to those guys yeah we'll definitely get into that but you came up in both those interviews so i I was just like i gotta have them on (laughs) so like in in it seemed like maybe you were more uh, involved with the Davin, I guess, from like earlier on. What was that relationship? Uh, with Davin? Yeah, yeah. So, um, jump right so, into I, it. so I watched uh, both of the episodes or whatever, and you're kind of like the, the new Nardwar of, of like the podcast world. And, <laughs> because it's like, you know, with him, it was like, you know, a friend of a friend, like, you know, when Jay Z did his interview, like Pharrell called, was like, yo, you got to like sit down with this dude or whatever. So it's kind of like the same thing. So, um, Pierre is definitely family. Davin is uh is family, um as as well as you know my business partner. Um, so seeing them do this do the show was kind of like a no brainer. Um, and I knew that it was kind of going to come to that anyway, just because you know it was going to intersect at, at some point. Um, Davin is my business partner with uh, Premium and Diet Starts Monday. We met probably about 2013 um, through social media, and um. From there, like, just kind of just, just built a relationship uh, that started as, you know what I'm saying, just wanting to be homies. And then, yeah. and then you know, and obviously, like, I joined Premium Co. at the time. And then soon after, we started Diet Starts Monday. Just real quick, the fact that you even compared me to Nardwire is pretty cool. I love that guy's <laughs> interviews. Like, you're watching that stuff. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty dope. I don't, I don't think I do as much research. Like, I'm probably not going to unearth some random fact that's going to blow your mind at all during this podcast. Or <laughs> you might say it, but there's no way I'm going to pull out some vinyl or yeah. some, like, old Snoop Dogg merch. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it probably wouldn't be any one of those. It'd be more so it'd be, like, some go-go or something, like an old backyard tape and somebody, like, shouted me out or something. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, go- I mean, something like that. Go-go, that's, like, a super DC thing, man. Have you yeah. Have you been in, in this area that long? I'm a native. Oh, really? Yeah. Born and raised? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Crazy. I, yeah. I don't Not meet many, many of us. I don't meet many people like that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. many transient people around here, man. Yeah, so it, it it's um, you know, it's a it's a good thing, you know, what I'm saying to kind of have that that badge of honor to to be a native and being able to do the things that I do, um, being able to give back to the city. So, what, it's kind of dope. What part did you grow up in? 
I grew up in between Northeast and Northwest. Okay. Um, Langdon Park, uh, Uptown. All right. Um, I'm so, so unfamiliar with these places. So Langdon Park is in Northeast. I mean, Uptown is usually like when people say Uptown, it's like usually anywhere in Northwest. Um, so, yeah, that, that's not downtown, so more residential. That's got to be really interesting because I imagine out of everyone, you've probably seen this city change the most. Yeah, for sure. Like, for sure. And I'm And I'm older, so... Um, I'm 37, so I've seen the city, uh, you know, move, shake, you know, shift, everything. Um, I grew up in the late 80s, early 90s here, uh, you know, when the city was the the murder capital. Whoa. Yeah, dealing with 10 square miles of open-air drug markets and— Do you remember these things? Yeah, absolutely. Like, do you vividly remember, like, a time when— it was a lot more dangerous when... Yeah, no, for sure. It. I mean, I lived through really? it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, you'd walk down the street and see drug deals and people getting killed? Like, I mean, I don't... It, yeah, like it the, sounds like way more crazier than, like, I, I yeah. imagine it to. Yeah, I mean, t- for people now that, that live here, I mean, it's, it's like, you tell the stories, but it seems almost unbelievable because, like, you walk outside now and you don't see it as much. Mm-hmm. But it was, like, a real thing, you know, like... Um, I tell all people, I mean, tell people all the time, and I talk about it in the podcast. Like, I had several people in my family murdered, you know what I'm saying? Well, like, not even talking about my man. friends, but my family. Yeah. So, you know, it was a, it was a very, very real thing. I, and I grew up in, you know, neighborhoods that um, these things were happening on a daily. So <sighs> this was just life growing up. Oh. And how did you navigate through that stuff? My family, man. Really? You know what I mean? Like, I have a, a really strong... Uh, a really strong family that's that's the that that's my entire backbone. My dad was the youngest out of nine siblings and I was his 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 first child. Wow. So Did I became like up? yeah and I grew up with my dad and my grandmother. So my grandmother was like my mom. So I was like my, my grandmother's youngest child. So all my aunts and uncles they looked at me like I was like their little 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 brother. Yeah. Um and you know they made sure that I had the education, the experience, and the exposure that I needed for me to be able to to do something with my life, you know, no matter what it was that I chose. To kind of, like, navigate out of the, the treachery of D.C. Keeping me super busy. My, my, my time was occupied almost all the time. I mean, obviously, like, there are some things, you know, that you can't avoid. And, you know, I just believe that in life you're given opportunity and opportunities like you, you you're you make a decision you know what I'm saying you're going to do the right thing you're going to do the wrong thing you do the right thing then you stay on that path you do the wrong thing then you face yourself like you take responsibility for it and then you just try to make change mm-hmm. you know look at it like a like a learning experience yeah it's crazy to think back like at points in life where you, you you were at a crossroads you probably didn't even know it but depending on that decision way yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, like, just being an adolescent, you know what I mean? Like, you're just not knowing because you're just not smart enough. Um, but, you know, when you get older and you look back, you're like, wow, like, that moment in time could have taken my life in a whole nother direction. And, you know, and, it, and I made the right decision or, you know, I made the decision that was meant for me to make, for me to for me to get here. And not to say that if I would have did the opposite thing, you know, that I wouldn't still be here, but it definitely would have changed the trage- tra- mm-hmm. trajectory of, like, how I would have gotten here. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know, I don't know exactly how to feel about like destiny and fate. I do feel like everyone probably gets the same point just in a different way, depending on what timeline. I mean, you can get real heady with the like parallel universes, whatever it is. But I mean, just before we go off real quick, uh, what do you think made DC like a, a better place to be? Like, how, what do you think curbed all that violence and, and all of that every, and everything kind of going on? Gentrification. You really? know what I'm like, I mean, that's, you know, as sad as it may seem, you know what I mean? Like, it, you, what we went through was, a, was an epidemic, like crazy. I mean, you had an entire generation of people that were almost completely wiped out. So... What do you mean wiped out? I mean, It sounds death, like genocide or something. Death... Uh, drugs, jail. I mean, you had kids out here raising kids because they didn't have, you know, parents, you know? So it it opened opportunity for other people to be able to come in and basically like, you know what I'm saying, like take this blank canvas and then start all over with what, what they think is mm-hmm. this, or what they think the city should look like. And that's literally like, what it is like that's what we deal with now so that's why when you sit here and you have a conversation with me and you say like well where are you from i'm like oh i'm from dc and you're like really you know what i mean like it's like a shock and it's a, and it's a surprise because yeah. we, we're a minority like we're you know i'm like last of a dying breed i don't meet many older cats either from dc yeah so that's interesting so it, it essentially saying it's like people like businessmen came in uh with money and, and made the decisions in communities that they really could make for themselves or something? Yeah, pretty much. That's interesting. I we mean, because... We, we lost a lot of our leaders. You know what I mean? It's just left wide open, you know? And so do you, do you see gentrification as a complete evil or is this something that... No, not at all. I don't... I, I look at it from both sides of the fence. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of good that has come from uh, gentrification. I mean, I remember growing up, there were neighborhoods that I could not walk in uh, because of affiliation with other neighborhoods or, I mean, those type of things I see is like, it's great. Like I get an opportunity to ex- experience the entire city. But the thing that hurts the most is like the people that are making the decisions and the people that are doing all these things are not people that are from here. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's almost like, <laughs> uh, it, it's like somebody, it's like somebody writing your life story, you know what I'm saying? Like, for you so like someone with no regard yeah. to i guess how you feel about certain areas or something i mean it's it's like it's like uh i'm i'm from this i'm from this one particular area right and someone is coming in and and not asking me what i think about this like what do you think about putting this community center here and maybe we we're doing this or or we're offering these um different activities they're not asking they're like yeah, we're just going to do this. Like, this will be good for you. Uh, that type of that type of thing. This community needs it. Let's go ahead yeah, and do let's it. Just, yeah, let's just go ahead and do it without without asking the people that are still there. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what's happening. And, and, be, and by them doing that, I guess maybe there's that side effect of having to, like, destroy some homes or buy some property and take it down. Is that what it, because essentially I know it comes back to people are being, having to relocate. Yeah. But, I mean, from my understanding, it's, let's say someone wants to build a community center in one of these areas or they want to build a new apartment building, which seems to be like these designer apartment buildings, which are just insane to look at right. and insanely expensive. And then it raises the property value of everything in that vicinity. 
Like, that's how I kind of have seen it is they almost choke people out by raising the prices. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's what they do. That's what, that's what it's, that's what it's meant to do. And I think, and I think from that side, they see it in a way as like cleaning up the community. Yes. They see it as, well, I don't know. Cause I don't know from their perspective, from my perspective and what I see conversations that I've had, um, with, you know, with different, that's, that's exactly what it is. It's just like, I mean, how do you go from, if, if there was affordable housing here, right, and this is all we can afford, how do you clean the area, put up a building, and then raise the price of rent? And then say, look, this is for you guys. We couldn't even <laughs> afford where we were. It was already a struggle. Right? It was already a struggle. Now you're, you're causing us to struggle even more. We can't, we can't stay here. It's, mm-hmm. imp- it's almost impossible. Like, and I, I mean, that just goes into a lot of different, you know what I'm saying, layers of things, you know what I'm saying, like going back to education and, and, and opportunity. And, and when people say, well, there are tons of opportunity. Well, you know, yeah, there are tons of opportunities that are out there, but you're not making it accessible to the people that need it. Mm, you're making opportunities, but not for the people that are already there that you're pushing out. Well, no, not even. They're they're making the oppor- they're making some opportunities for people that need them, but they're not making them accessible. You know, mm-hmm. like fill out this application online, but if I don't have a computer, oh, I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? If like, I don't have these documents, if I don't have all this stuff, and I can't yeah, get it readily yeah, available, yeah. it's like well, exactly. thanks, but no. Thanks. If I have to go across town and I don't and I don't have money to you know say afford, to afford public transportation or if you're not actually coming into the neighborhood and letting these people know, like these opportunities are, like, how do they know? So, so like what, what is the solution though? Like I always hear the problem. I never hear the solution to like, is there a right way to do it? Should it just not happen? Like what, what should, what, what's the process? I mean, I think that like for, for me, like, I think the process starts, you know, saying like when kids are young, you know what I mean? Like education is like a huge thing. Um, and I feel like we are, we're not servicing our communities the way that we should as it pertains to education. Like everybody is pushing, you know, saying kids to go to college, but when they should, they should be just pushing success on any level. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like college isn't for everybody. It's just one we, road. It's just one road. And everybody's road to success is different. But if you keep drilling into somebody's head, they're like, you need to go to college, you need to go to college. By the time I turn 15, if I already know that college is not in my future, but you're telling me that that's what I need to be successful, then I'm like, fuck it. Dude, like, it's, it's, it's so crazy like that, that people think that that one road is the one gateway to success. Yeah, it's not. I just came from a school just now just speaking to some kids, and I'm telling them, like, listen, you may have similarities. You guys may come from, you know, the same, same neighborhoods and things like that, but your road is different than the person that's sitting next to you. 100%. None of us have to have the same road. And, you know, if you do whatever it is that's doing in a positive light and, you know, whatever it is that you want to do, if you do it well, like that's, that's what success is. Like, and you don't have to, you don't have to go to anybody's school or for somebody to give you a piece of paper that says like, oh man, like great, you did it. No. It's like success, I think, is measured in like happiness and fulfillment, not necessarily a paycheck. Yeah, exactly. Because, that you know, too. You know, it, it, I think success for someone is, you know, someone can make $120,000 a year and, still be and, and, be, and be a miserable fuck, but then someone can make 80000 and just be living their best life yeah. because they love what they're doing. Yeah. But it's, it's really interesting that you literally said you, you literally just came from a school doing that. That's nuts because like, 
there was never that voice for me growing up. Yeah. I right. mean, I'm 28, but there was never a divergent voice that was like, hey, maybe rethink this. It, there was only one voice and it was like my parents, the school system, everything I was saying was like, if you, if you don't know what you're doing, go to school. If you know what you want to do, go to school. No matter what you have to do, you need to go to school. And so I mean, even just speaking for myself, I think if, if there was like that one person who would have been like, nah, man, you're an artistic, creative guy, maybe you should reconsider things. I, I don't think I would have went because in hindsight, I know for myself, it wasn't for me mm-hmm. um, because I'm not even doing what I do now in school. Right. Uh, but it's, it's, it's interesting that now we're in a, a social climate that people are willing to give you the opposite, to give you the um, alternative viewpoint to just one narrative. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, and it's crazy, but bringing it back to what we were talking about, about gentrification and you and, and, and growing up in DC, um, I think it's important that we talk about that because for my knowledge about you, you are like the dude in DC. Like, like you, you, like nothing, tight. nothing cool happens unless your name is on it or you're a part of it or something like that. Like for, for people who are, are listening, like you're behind diet starts Monday, which is just an insanely cool pop-up and clothing brand. You're behind Premium Co., which is not necessarily DC-based, but that's cool in itself, and that's how you met Davin. And then, like, you're behind Broccoli City, which is perhaps one of the biggest DC-based events that I've seen happen here and, and, like, the biggest community-led thing that looks like the real DC. And then you're behind Rock Street Social Club. Rock Creek Social Club. Rock Creek, sorry. Rock Creek Social Club, which I'm still a little confused about what it is, but what I have seen is that epic thing you put on for Pierre or you put in collaboration with him. And it just kind of seems like everything has the like the Uncle Scooty stamp of of approval, or just you you've touched it or influenced in some way. And to hear that you uh, are from the city and that you're doing it, that's that's incredible, man. Well, I mean, I mean, kind of, it's my responsibility. You know you, what I mean? You like, think we, so? Yeah, you think it's I mean, people's responsibility. Go to- back, go back to what we just what we just talked about before, right? So if if we're lacking leaders, right, mm-hmm. right, and I'm in a position to lead, and I don't then I'm being irresponsible. Like if, if I can sit here and say to you, like, and we can talk about gentrification and, and I, and I say that like, no, nobody asked me. Right. But I have a voice to speak and I, I have the leverage and I have the power to be able to do so. And I don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you have the position, but if, and you don't do anything and you're sitting there complaining, it's like, well, what the hell yeah. are you doing? What am I, what am I doing? And I don't necessarily, you know, look at it, you know what I'm saying, from a perspective of, you know what I'm saying, like everything has to have the Uncle Scooty touch, but it's just more so I'm a person that gives a lot of people opportunity. It's what it seems like. It seems like you're the plug for unlocking something in people. I give, I give people when, when opportunities are presented for me that are for me, then I take advantage of those opportunities. When an opportunity is presented for, for me, but, it, but I feel like it's not for me, then I then I go to hey Bruce like this this thing has your name written all over it mm. if you want it here it is you know and then on the on the other end is when people need me I'm readily available you know and you know if that puts me in a position where you know what I'm saying like I'm involved with everything you know what I'm saying that's cool but I'm also um, very happy you know what I'm saying to sit on the sideline and watch somebody else do something and praise them from there. Um, so I guess that's why, you know what I'm saying, like it, it, it may seem like, you know what I'm saying, I have a touch from everybody, but it's just like I'm just playing a lot of different roles um, in other people's success. It's I'm involved because I needed to be involved, because it was asked of me. 
um, I'm involved because this is my opportunity and I need your help with it. Or it's, hey, that's my friend. That's Pierre. He's doing something dope. I want to make sure that people know about that. Mm. Um, or I want to, I want to, you know, I want to sit on the sideline and be the person that's just like, yo, shout him out because he's doing his thing. So, what exactly are you doing for? Are you are you just linking people? Or are you like are you just like Davin always? Davin always says that I'm like the he's like I'm the dot connector. That's what he that's what he calls me. Like whenever people ask like, well, what does Scooty do? It's like Scooty like does like business development and he does like. Uh, strategic partnerships and stuff like that. And that's like a, you know what I'm saying, like a, I guess like the politically correct way of saying it. But really ultimately good. it's like, yeah, I'm the, I'm the dot connector. I'm, I'm the person, like I'm the, I'm the plug, I'm the middleman, I'm the person that'll connect you to the person that you need to be with, whether you knew it or not. Um, uh, do you think I, it's just because you, probably not just because, but do you think a part of that has to do with the fact that you've been in the city for so long? Yeah, I, it's it, I've been in the city for a very long time, but also, you know what I'm saying, going back to, you know, the third part of what I just said, like I'm invested in other people. Mm. Like I care that much. I'm not a musician, but I care about, you know what I'm saying, like the 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 sound that the city is is putting out, you know, and if there is a a way for me to somehow use my platform to help boost this person up, then I'm going to do it. That's interesting. So in the case of like Broccoli City, which I think is massive and most people listening have at least somewhat of an idea, what what was your involvement in something like that? So <clears throat> my involvement with, with Broccoli City was uh, Broccoli City Festival. Broccoli City is its own entity. Rock mm. Creek Social Club is its own entity. At the time, um, and to go to, into what it is, like we're a full service uh, marketing um Promotion, artistic directing, Rock Creek or, or Rock Creek, Rock Creek um, for millennials, right? And at the time, we just had the juice in the city, and Broccoli City had this idea and this concept of this Urban Earth Day festival um, that promoted healthy and sustainable lifestyles, and and it was just kind of one of those things where it, it was an opportunity for us to to collaborate with somebody to build something from the ground up oh, that we had never done so, before. So Rock Creek was, was way before that. That's Yeah, Rock Creek oh. was already in, in okay. existence. Okay. Uh, we've been around since t- 2010. Um, and I had a really, really good relationship with the founders of Broccoli City, and they gave us the opportunity to start this festival with them. And we've been going, you know, this is seven years um, this coming April. Congrats. Thank you. That's epic to be yeah, doing for, for sure to be doing something like that in the city for seven years. Is, yeah. And <laughs> to see where 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 it's grown. I mean, you know, we're we started off with a conference call, trying to figure out who we were going to book for the festival, and now you know you got Live Nation involved and you got all of these major players um, that have now <clears throat> helped helped us to elevate the 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 festival's brand. It's so crazy to think that like a conference call meeting or just like a meeting in a conference room was the, 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 the catalyst for me jumping around and raving at a little Yachty concert at Broccoli city like a year ago. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like it's, and insane. I mean, I, and it can, I mean, if we go like back beyond the conference, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's, it, the story just goes even deeper than that. Um, but yeah, but so that for me, you know, as I think back on it, 
it was one of the most epic decisions that I ever made, you know what I'm saying, like for, for my life and for my company, um, for us to, to get involved with it. The first year we did like a few thousand people. Mm-hmm. I actually cried on the microphone because it was the first time that I had ever seen anything um, of that magnitude that I was involved in. To, you know, you can, you can sell a thousand T-shirts, right? But you don't actually get to see those thousand people. But selling a thousand tickets and being on the stage and being able to look those people in the eye, it's a it's a powerful moment because it you is. know that people like fuck with you. They believe in it. They believe they believe in they believe in you. Um, they believe in the things that you're doing. Um, you look at the people that are next to you, as in you know Broccoli City, and saying like, man, like you look at them, you like, man, I align with the right people. Like yeah. we're on the same fucking page, and and it's that's powerful. a dope thing. And then, you know, six years later, I'm on the stage last year and I'm looking out and it's 35,000 people, you know? So that's nuts to even think about that. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I remember having an exhibition a couple months ago and just to have like 30, 40 people in that room, I was like, holy shit. Like that yeah. was an amazing feel. I can't imagine being on stage where some crazy famous rappers about to perform and you're just looking at people who just totally believe in it. Yeah, it's or to be able to have a microphone in your hand. And make thirty five thousand people move when you say move. Hey, that's a a wonderful feeling that like I wouldn't give up for the entire world. Like it's it's a it's a it's a beautiful thing. And you're hosting again this year, right? Yeah, I saw that on your Instagram. Yeah, I'm hosting again this year. I took a break last year. Um, I just believe in you know what I'm saying like being like an OG in the game, and I did five years on that stage. And I felt like it was time for me to to give somebody else an opportunity, mm-hmm. you know? And and I did that. And you know, then they're like, well, no, you got to come back. And I'm like, all right, that's cool. You know? I was like, I took my little break, you know what I'm saying? And, and, I, and I'll come back. And instead of, you know, taking somebody's place, we just expanded, you know? That's crazy, man. Uh, I kind of want to go back to that thing. I know we kind of brushed over it because we yeah, got into something good there. Because like that's the whole reason why we're here is just yeah. how much he was speaking of you and 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 during during that that interview he was just saying that you got him to like basically move here from uh, where is he from like Michigan or something like that he he moved here for his for his girlfriend oh okay. yeah he moved here for his girlfriend um they were in in a relationship I want to say that it started kind of long distance and then and then he moved here because of her and. Then he and I met through social media and that relationship, we kind of just hit it off. What were you doing at that time? I was only doing Rock Creek and Broccoli City. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was that was the only thing that I was that I was doing. Broccoli City Festival. Always like, cause that's my family. I love them. I am a part of it. But I always like, when you, you shorten it up, people say, oh, but you're, you're a part of Broccoli City. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm a part of Broccoli City Festival. I'm not a part of Broccoli City, but those are my brothers and that's my family. Um... So I try to make it clear like that, that I don't own that because mm-hmm. um, I don't I never like to to take responsibility or take the credit for something that they did because it's, you know, like that's they they built that brand. Um, and then we collaborated together to do the festival. But um, but going back. So Davin um, was here. He owned premium with our other business partner, Tyler. Davin and I have been corresponding through social media and he eventually posted the flyer for Broccoli City because he had a uh, he was said. cool with Phil, our, our boy Phil Ade. 
And when I saw it, I went crazy because I'm like, wait a minute, I've been going back and forth with this dude, but I didn't know that he would have, I thought he was like in like London or something somewhere, <laughs> had no idea. And then when I actually went to his bio, it was like, uh, it was like Hampton, Madisonville, something, something, mm-hmm. something. And I was like, oh shit, Hampton. I'm like, I mean, it's not DC, but it's not far. And I was like, yo, how do you know Phil? He's like, oh, that's my boy. He's wearing some of my jewelry pieces while he's performing, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, shit, that's crazy. I'm like, yo, that's like my brother. So I was like, yo, we got a link. Because now I'm like, well, shit, you know what I mean? I love the the designs, but like now that I know that like you're this close, like we got to link up. So when I met up with him, it was really just on some like just chopping it up. And I approached it like not like I was looking for opportunity. I really more so was like, look, I got a lot of connections in the city. Let me know if you need anything. And he was kind of like, well, actually, I do. <laughs> you really invested in him at that point. Like, it seemed like you're like, yo, I believe in you, dude. Like, you know what? I had no idea what I was getting into um, the moment that we met. But it just felt right. And I was like, fuck it. And, you know, we literally hit the ground running. And whatever the expectation was in the beginning on both sides, I think that we we exceeded that. And obviously, like, here we are today, owners of two businesses together. So Diet and premium. Diet and premium. And I don't know many people that can say that. That's a crazy relationship. Yeah, super crazy. I mean, like, literally, we were traveling within, like, maybe, like, the first, like, two months that we met. Like, we were traveling together, like, sharing a room and, like, all that. And I'm, like, super, like, OCD. And I was, like, you know, I'm talking to my wife, like, I don't know, like it's this could be, you know, could like, be a scary thing. I don't really like I don't really know this dude. Like, like we didn't grow yeah, like, we didn't we didn't grow up together. You're going to trade shows and stuff like that. Going to trade shows together. Yeah. So it's like I don't really know, you know, like what to expect. But then it was like, man, we're kind of the same person, but kind of different. We're the same person. Davin is uh he is the introverted me. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess that's, like, the best way to, like, to to put it. Davin is very much, you know what I'm saying, like, he's about, like, his own space. Um, he's usually, like, chilling. Like, he's very much into, like, his design and, and kind of just doing his thing. And I'm more of, like, talker. Like, I'm out. Yeah, like, he, I want to, yeah. He, he can talk, but he definitely mentioned it multiple times he was like but he's like i need my space to create yeah like like the opposite's kind of like this is like me going out but i need my space to create but you you're sort of just like davin is like (laughs) davin is like design something and it's like show it to you and it's like the design speaks for itself type of thing right i'm like yo did you see this shit (laughs) like yo this you know that's the that's the person that i am i'm like yo I'm explaining the same thing, but just in a very different way. You're, you're broadcasting like, yo, look at my friend did. Like, this shit is yo, tight. Like, at, don't you think so too? And yeah. he's just like, yeah, it's cool, man. Yeah, yeah like, no problem, man. Yeah. That's, 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 that's how it is. That's a perfect relationship then. Because it's like the artist, creative, like that aspect. And then you meeting him and you're the guy who knows everyone. You're a nice guy. You, you, you for some reason, like have this vibe where you believe in this random kid from the internet. Essentially, like that's crazy, yeah. right? Um. And you start going to trade shows and just like hitting it off, man. Yeah. And then I didn't even, I didn't know that he mentioned that I didn't even meet Tyler. Like he didn't meet Tyler for a year after they started the business together. And then after I joined the business, I didn't meet Tyler physically in person 
for a year. <laughs> That's interesting. Right. So so I'm literally, you know. New guy and this random guy that listen, he's never met. <laughs> putting all, listen, putting all my eggs in one basket with this random dude from the you internet. You really did? You put all, you know, all into that? I mean, not everything, literally, okay. but you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Like, just saying like, you know, I'm like, all right, fuck it. Like, I'm in. And then I'm, so I'm, I'm working and I'm pushing and I'm promoting and, and I'm repping and I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to do for this guy that I didn't grow up with, that I don't even hardly know. And this other guy that I've never even seen and had like a physical conversation, like in person, but it was like, man, it just felt right. And we're like, let's just, let's just go. And it just adds, you know what I'm saying, to our story and it, and it, and it's actually the reason why we're so tight. Mm-hmm. You know, like we don't like those are my brothers. Like it really seems like it. Yeah, yeah. Like those are like those are my brothers. Like I would, I would literally like. It seemed like you were a, a, a also more of like a mentor slash father figure to Devin as well. From I mean, me father figure is stretching. Yeah, but, father figure is definitely stretching, but definitely like a like an older brother. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That um, that just kind of gave a, a different perspective you know, on a lot of different things for him, you know, but he has equally, you know what I'm saying, like giving me, you know what I mean, like the same same type of vibe or whatever, you know, because there's a lot of things that he taught me that I didn't know. There's a lot of opportunities that he created for me that have helped elevate, you know, my brand, my my personal brand and 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 you know, and I'm forever thankful, you know what I'm saying, to 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 him, Tyler, um from the premium perspective, you know what I'm saying? Forever thankful to 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 him and them. So how, how what was the foray into diet? Was were you guys just sort of like oh, we want to do our own original thing and that kind of came about? Nah. So the thing with with diet was that um John kind of like fell into like the fold the kind of the same way that I did, where he and Davin were kind of corresponding all through social media. Um he was a fan of of the brand and we met him and hung out with him a couple times and then he became like another family member that like, was just oh, added yeah just added right. to, you know what I'm saying like hey you know there's a bunk bed that's empty you know what I'm saying like <laughs> you know hop on so um he uh he like came into the fold he and Davin became like almost like best friends and they had always been talking about starting uh their own brand and kind of doing something kind of opposite of what premium was. And they ended up doing it. And there was an opportunity for, for me there. And did you invest or were you just like the guidance after that? Um, definitely invested. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, like that, that's a, that's a, a word that can go, in, you know, what I'm saying a lot of different. Whether it's like financially, emotionally, or right? Yeah, you know saying everything. So I'll just say yes. I was an I was an investor, mm-hmm. um, and in every sense of of the word, whatever was whatever is needed. Um, that's just how I am with any any business. Like, if I'm here, I'm here. You know what I mean. And if I'm not, whatever then I'm you just can not, do, it's yeah. Like, whatever, I whatever, whatever is needed. You know. Um, then, then I'm with it. Not, not the 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 fire festival though. Like if <laughs> if if motherfuckers need some 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 Avion water, like I'm not. Scooty, are, are, are you sucking dick to see the festival? <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely not. You saw that meme? Yeah, you know, that definitely not. Uh, he goes, he goes. I walked into that meeting fully prepared to suck a dick. <laughs> 
when I that that part of the whole documentary was like, bro, I wouldn't be the person, but I definitely need somebody on my team that, that was a- as willing to go that <laughs> look the, that distance. You know, like if we needed something, like bro, we need this hundred and fifty yards of whatever you know, said or this French Terry that you can only get from wherever. I need you to go. You know what <laughs> you I mean? gotta meet the guy in France in his yeah. in his, in his yeah. studio. You might have to, yeah, you know what I mean? a little bit. <laughs> nah, but um, That's but, but all jokes aside, though, like yeah. you know, like whenever I'm involved with something, you know, what I'm saying like it's it's I'm a hundred and twenty percent in, and you know, now here it is, you know, saying me. Five seconds later, you know, thanking John, you know, what I'm saying like for the opportunity, because um, obviously, like he's a major player, you know, in Die Starts Monday, um, and a part of you know, what I'm saying like the decision to like to let me be a part of you know, like their dream and their idea, and and adding my own into the pot. Um, Die Starts Monday and Premium have have done a lot in the city. And it really seems like it, 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 at least for diet, I, I don't, I can't speak for premium cause I don't know, but, mm-hmm. um, as someone who's been highly involved in the city for just the past few years, and I probably share a completely different perspective than any of you guys, cause I'm from the Northern Virginia. So it's mm-hmm. kind of the outsider insider perspective mm-hmm. and just diet was always doing cool shit. Yeah. It's I mean, both, cool. both brands have diet, you know, saying premium and even adding in, you know, like John's, his own shoe line. Um, yeah, he's doing some wicked, crazy stuff, man. super crazy stuff. That? Not today. We're saying those are crazy. What the hell? Are those? Oh, no, I'm not gonna say because we're saying because you can't see and we're saying John. You sh- I should have just lied. I'm wearing John shoes. <laughs> uh, um, no, but um, we've done a, a ton of stuff in the city, and for us to be able to do the things that we've done here, it's like yo, like Davin is not from here. John isn't from here. Tyler isn't from here. But but you kind of bring them in to enrich. Yeah, what DC has. Yeah, like. And, and, you know, for them to make the decision for this to kind of be like a home base for us, you know, means everything to me because they didn't have to, like, they don't, they don't have an investment in DC the way that I do. So, which was surprising. I was honestly shocked when I found out Davin wasn't a DC native. I was like, what? You're not? Yeah. I mean, he's been here for a long time. So like, you know, kind of get thrown into the foes. Like, you know, you've been here for a while, you know, the city, uh, you know, well enough. Um, But, you know, but naturally like he's not from here and you know that's that says a lot for them to to not only trust me to be a part of the brand, but then also like saying like, listen, if we can make this home base like that'd be super dope, because that's what I've always wanted to do is be able to create opportunities um, here in the city and really show, um, you know, like this, there this, there is cool shit happening here, and you don't have to go outside of the city to to see it. Do you have some sort of like game plan or some sort of like mission of like what? you feel like you should be doing in DC? Like, is it, I mean, what I feel like I should be doing is what I do. Yeah. You know exactly. what I mean? It's, it's, but is it like events? Because I feel like people have like a thirst for like dope events these days. Like, I don't think everyone wants to go to the club all the time, but when someone can go to like an activation or go to broccoli city, that seems way more exciting for the city and almost enriching than um, anything else really. No, for sure. Like, I mean, like definitely want to do, I mean, I want to do more, but yeah, that's definitely like a part of it. Um, activations, um, pop-ups, like all of that stuff. Like it's, 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 it's a part of it. You so, know? so you mentioned it right before we, uh, started going the Sandlot thing that you keep teasing on your Instagram. Yeah. I, 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 what is that? So the Sandlot, um, actually crazy enough. Um, the Sandlot was an idea, 
um, that actually started from premium. We were doing a collaboration with um, with Mitchell and S, and they wanted us to focus on MLB All Star. Who's Mitchell and S? Mitchell and S. It's a, it's another brand. They 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 do um, like license. They're a licensee for like for MLB, NBA. Oh whoa. Um, NHL, like they have a ton of stuff. So they wanted us to do a collaboration with them for MLB All-Star because it was in D.C. in July. And I didn't grow up playing baseball. So, and I'm usually like, Davin does a lot Does a lot of the, well, he does the majority of the designs of the clothes. And then my job is to to come up with the the, the themes of the activations and, and kind of telling the story um, of who we are as an entire team. So looking at that movie, what I saw was not really about baseball. It was um it was a group of kids from, you know, from different areas, different walks of life. Um they all came and congregated in this one area that was just dubbed the sandlot. Um but the underlining like theme of the of the movie was like your sandlot doesn't necessarily have to be a baseball field. It could be a basketball court. It could be, you know, this studio here. It's like what it um, represents. Yeah. And so for us, what it represented was here are, you know, four kids from, cause even where Davin and Tyler live is not even close. They're both from Kentucky, but, but like. That's where from Kentucky, not Michigan. Yeah. yeah. So, so where Davin is from in Kentucky and where Tyler is from in Louisville, like it's like three and a half hours away or something like that. It's like the distance from here to like New York. So, but we were able to come together, you know what I mean, to create these businesses and these experiences and things like that, which is like what I took from the movie. It's like, it's like an homage to your guys' kind of relationship, but also it, it's an activation for MLB. It was, it was, it was going to be an activation um, built, built around, you know, that movie. Mm-hmm. So the clothes and everything inspired. That's wicked. It was like a whole entire thing. And it didn't end up happening. <laughs> uh, it didn't end up happening. Some, 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 uh, some things ended, ended up, you know, saying like just, just um, obstacles that we couldn't get over. And then another, like my, well, not another, but a childhood friend of mine, um, Ian Callender, who was one of the owners of Blind Wino, he was actually helping us with that project and trying to find us a, a space for this activation. And, when we told him that it wasn't happening, you know, it was like, okay, you know, Dang. cool, it, it is what it is. And then maybe like a month later, he was like, you know what, I really thought about it. He was like, that whole entire Sandlot idea was not an activation. That's an actual place that needs to happen. Whoa. And I was like, okay, I'm with you so far. And he takes me over to, to this space over in Southwest, Buzzard Point. And he's like, what do you see right here? And I was like, I see an empty parking lot with a bunch of dirt and trees and shit. And it's like some tires or whatever like that. He's like, nah, this is the sand lot. Oh, snap. Yeah. And I was like, okay. We went back to the, to the crib and, you know, I drew some, some shit up on a, um, on a piece of paper. I gave it to him. He came back with this whole entire, like, uh, rendering of the space and was like, yo, this is it. And I was like, fuck like, let's, <laughs> he was he meant it he was passionate as hell about it i mean he's one of those people too he's passionate uh ian and i have been friends for this is 28 years this year 
I mean, the uh, blind wino is crazy. For someone to take over an abandoned church and to turn it into like a crazy art space community center, that's pretty ambitious. Yeah, super. Um, and up until this point, you know, Ian has always, you know, supported me in all of my business ventures and, you know, vice versa. Um, done the same for him. And But this is the first time that we've ever owned something together. Um, so, you know, super excited about this project. Also, just because it's it it means so much, um, and it kind of embodies like everything that I've built up until this point. You know, w- from Rock Creek Social Club with you know my partner Jerome Baker and the rest of our team. You know, moving into premium, moving into you know diet. It's like you know, here is like the one part of the story that kind of tells you know, where, like where we are right now. Mm-hmm. So what is, what is it though? Like what, what is it going to do? What are you going to do in this? this so it's a, so it's a cultural space. Um, very much like diet, the, the actual brick and mortar, like mm, a place okay. where, where we're all going to go natives, you know, the transit, like everybody is going to be coming to this place to sit and talk about like building and sharing and, and, and collaborating with each other and, and all these different things in a, in a, in a more like social like atmosphere, you know what I'm saying? Like there's going to be a bar with drinks, there's going to be music and it's a, and it's an outdoor space. So, I mean, it's just, it's just a fire concept. That sounds, that sounds like a vibe. Yeah. It, I mean, it's a, it's a total vibe. I mean, the best way that, that I could describe it is take diet, the space, take the top off of it, expand it and invite more people. Dang. I mean, it sounds like a club, like an outdoor club. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you, if you get there and you feel like it's a club, then it's a club. It kind of seems like it could be whatever it's going to be. It's kind exactly. of a vibe. Like you could do your, more activations there. You could do this. You could maybe make it, like you've seen the block in Annandale. Yeah. That was, that's a crazy awesome yeah. business. It's, it's nothing new. It's just a hawker center overseas. But for us, that's a new idea. Think about what Davin said in his interview. The direction is there is no direction. Ah. <sighs> Like, we, like that is like, you know what I'm saying, like what diet was built on. But like, you know, but, you know, when you've been a part of diet, as long as you have, like you start living your life like that. And that's the same thing with the Sandlot. You know what I mean? It's the direction is there is no direction. Like this is a space for you to make make it whatever it is that you want. We're just going to have drinks and music there too. <laughs> I mean, that's always nice. Yeah. That kind of brings people um, there. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's going to be dope. It's going to be dope. Super excited. Opens tomorrow. Oh, opens tomorrow? Opens tomorrow. This oh. is opening weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So is there like an event going on? Yeah, an event every day. What's tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow's just a grand opening. Tomorrow's, oh, nice. Uh, tomorrow's actually Pi Day, 314. Oh, snap. Yeah. I, I didn't even know that. Yeah. I, I hate math so much, I try to freak that <laughs> shit like that. Except for when you count your money. Yeah, right. <laughs> you forgot my change in, in the little bit from the PayPal that took off. Exactly. Dude, that's really cool. I'm gonna try and come by. That, that that'd be really, that'd be really yeah. nice. So I have to get a ticket or anything like that. I got one out. for you. Oh, dude, appreciate yeah. that. Okay, wait, can I actually get two for me, my girl? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I got okay, you. Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Had to ask, man. But, but dude, um, I know you have to take a call real quick. So I actually have like way more questions I want to ask. You. I just yeah. want to ask them before you you jump on your call. Okay, that's all. Quick little business call. Yeah, a little intermission. <laughs> intermission. <laughs> I once had a guest go to the bathroom three times on the podcast. That's a lot. He's also vegan, so that probably explains a lot too. There's like nothing inside of them. It just goes from like mouth just right out. <laughs> <laughs> you vegan? No. Yeah, me neither, man. 
definitely not even thinking about being vegan now after you just said that shit. Bro, I don't get it. It's like vegans always look so sad and and and, and frail and stuff. I just, but but they're super proud about it. Nah, I'm good <laughs> on that. Yeah, same man. Uh, but right right before uh, we left off, um, we were talking about um, Sandlot and how mm-hmm. awesome that's going to be. Really looking forward to checking that out. Uh, but something interesting as I was doing my research of guests before they come on, mm-hmm. um, and actually like the idea of who I want to have on the show just kind of comes naturally. Like it just kind of came organically, like me asking you on. So of course I want to learn a little bit more about you, a little bit more about you so I can like talk a little bit about it. You know, I saw one post and you were like very important announcement. Five years ago, I quit my job. Um, you were working in like an office job and you- I was got working in the school system. Oh, you work in a school system? I was a dean of students. No way. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. In DC, is. I guess. Yeah. Nice. What? Yeah. That's pretty crazy to go from that life to being an, an entrepreneur. It, like a real entrepreneur, not just like entrepreneur in your bio because you have a, yeah. have a t- <laughs> t-shirt company that drop ships, but like an actual entrepreneur doing yeah. things. Yeah. Like it was, it was, um, man, it was a crazy thing. I was living like a double life. For a little bit? Yeah, like all my social media and all that stuff was like, was blocked. Like you, like if you knew me, you knew me, but like, like that was it. Like, cause I had kids, you know, like that would like search my name on the internet and all types of stuff. So it was like, I was keeping like a super low profile. Um, It's gotta be hard trying to do, be a dean of students and then live that social profile that you have. Yeah, (laughs) it's tough. Um, And then, you know, when we, when um, we started traveling with premium, as a dean of students, like it takes a lot of your time. Oh, so that's what you were doing at that time. Yeah. So, I mean, I was doing all this, doing Rock Creek and Broccoli City Fest and all that that stuff, like outside of the school. Mm-hmm. But I was still working in the school. And I'm as an administrator, like you don't get summers off or any of that shit. So I was working like all year round. And when we started traveling, I literally had to adjust uh, my lifestyle just period because. I couldn't be out, you know, super reckless because I couldn't afford to get sick because I was using all of my days off for us to be able to travel. Mm. New York, L.A., Vegas, you know, all of these different places or whatever. Um, but it was it was tough. Dean of students, I coached basketball, uh, cross country, and track. So working all day every day and then getting off and then, like, going to practice. So your life was like all school system before this. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I was always doing, I was doing all of this stuff on the side. Oh. It just wasn't full, it just wasn't full time. And then, you know, five years ago was when I made a decision, like, you know, I'm either going to live, like follow my dream or I'm going to follow somebody else's. And, you know, you know how that shit went. <laughs> so. Cause I mean, here we are. Yeah. So. But that, that'd know. be kind of scary, like on the financial side, on like the business side, it, every every part about that. I mean, that's a pretty decent sounding job. I mean, I don't know. It sounds pretty nice. It sounds pretty impactful too. Yeah, no, super impactful. Um, you know, it just, there are a lot of different reasons, you know what I'm saying, why, why, why I ended up leaving. But ultimately it was, I wanted freedom to mm-hmm. be able to get up and do whatever it was that I wanted to do not what somebody else was telling me to do. And when I had the opportunity. Were you, were you always kind of doing like an entrepreneur thing on the side? Yeah, just kind of growing always. up? Yep. Yep. What were some of the earliest things you did? 
I had two clothing lines before I even joined a premium. Oh, wow. So you had like an idea of how that whole online thing worked, building the brand and everything. No, because this was this was prior to this was like Facebook. <laughs> I think that like or my my MySpace. Yeah, so I, yeah, MySpace. There was MySpace. no Shopify then. Yeah, it was hard to sell stuff online then. And 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 for me, I wasn't even like into like selling stuff. Like I wanted like to, the actual experience. So I was selling a lot of stuff just like straight out the trunk. <laughs> yeah, like pull up on you just hustling like that yeah hustling like that and and i also i did a podcast oh no way um do you still do it nah okay um i hosted uh gw radio nice. with a friend of a friend of mine jamie benson uh jay promo ravi adrian king carter sneaker man dan like it was a bunch of us and we used to host this radio show every tuesday um called funkadelic freestyles so it was like um, just another one of those things. Like I ended up, Jay was supposed to be the host and Jay was my boy and I ended up going but because everybody else in the room, they're all my friends too. I kind of just sat there. I don't know much about the, at this, that, at this time, I don't know much about the, the DC music scene. Cause I'm like super like in the go-go at that, at that, that point. But I just sat down and they gave me a microphone and I would just give like my opinion on like, man, this is like the greatest album ever, you know, like Talib Kweli. Like they were super like into hip hop and shit. Like, I'm like, man, that shit is whack. You were just like a go-go head? Yeah, like I love go-go. Like, Can you educate me on this? Because I, I've always been familiar with it. I listen to it. I like it. In a way, I grew up with it. But I, I've never seen like a go-go event. You need to go. What is that? A go-go, I mean, it's just it's just live instrumentation. Yeah. You know, it's... I've yeah. heard they get crazy though. Like people are just like twerking and dancing yeah. and like there's like a certain dance you do with it and yeah all this, i mean like, that's there are you know different you know generations of go-go mm-hmm. and you know you got a younger generation you got like the middle and then you got like the older so like older is like you know like what chuck brown used to do and then like then the generation like uh, above me is like rare essence and then my generation like backyard ucb groovers and you know, then you got the younger kids. They got like the the tobs and and reaction and all these. You know, there's a lot. There's a ton of bands, um, especially back then. Um, but it's live instrumentation, some original music, some covers. I feel like I've only really ever heard very popular covers. Like everyone knows my fatty. Yeah, it's my fatty. Look right. At, I had an Uber driver who was trying to convince me she was that singer. She was, she was legitimately, she was like, that was my band, UCB. And I was like, what? I was like, nah, nah, nah. So she started singing. I was like, that might have been your Well, band. UCB didn't do my, my fatty. That wasn't her? That okay. wasn't UCB, like, but, but it could have been, a, it could have, she could have been talking about Sexy Lady, mm-hmm. which is another like, you know, popular uh, song and that's by UCB. Um, so what, what is it about Go-Go in DC? It seems like a very iconic, unique thing to DC. It's, man, it's. For me, for me, it is my theme music. Really? Yeah. It. If you were to tell my life story in a song, it would have to be Go-Go. Like, it talks about everything that, I, that, I, that I've been through. Um... 
that that percussion, like those that those that hit, like it, it's a, yeah, it's a very like it can be very aggressive, you know, which which might speak to you know say my demeanor at times, and then it can be very like subtle. So it's just like, I, I mean, I wish I can explain it better, but for for me, it's just like it's it's my life. It's like who I am. Like I love it. Like there is like there's no other song by no other artist. Um, that will make me like, like stopping my tracks, and it can, it can it never gets old to me, never, really? never. Is Google still like thriving these yeah, days? Absolutely, really. Yeah, I'm thriving. Um, it is still very much alive. Mm, okay, still very much alive. But you know, the city is losing its identity. Um, mm. when we go back to like the gentrification and everything. So, you know, with that, you know, some of those things, you know what I'm saying, like kind of like... It might get lost in translation between <clears throat> everything that's happening with all these, with all the building, with Amazon coming through. Yeah. Today's going to be a pretty pretty crazy place pretty soon. So, um, you know, but we won't, we won't focus on the bad. We'll focus on the fact that it, it's, it's alive and, it, and it's well and it's, and, it's, and it's still extremely vibrant. And, and, you know, I challenge you today to... To, to take yourself to uh, a go-go, preferably Backyard. That's my favorite band. Like a Backyard band? Yes. I've heard that name before. Yeah, you should. It's like it's like 95 or 93.9 that, that plays go-go at night. I hear it all the time. I'm sure they both play go-go. Yeah. yeah. It, it, I feel like for someone listening to this, they're going to be like, what the hell? We actually, like, almost every party that I host, we end it with, um, with, with a go-go song. Like, it's mm. like a must. Yeah. This is cool, man. Steel Ray, backyard band. Steel Ray, backyard band. Steel Ray is the song. Steel Ray. Yeah. Okay. And, and and backyard band. Nice. Artists. <clears throat> it's cool to have someone so experienced in DC on the show. Like, what do you think is next for the city? Like, what do you what do you think is is going to happen? What are your thoughts, predictions? That I don't know. Really. Um. You know, I kind of play it by ear every day, you know. Um, but I talk about it in my social media a lot, my feelings, my emotions about it, you know, the things that I see when I see them. And I also, like, try to talk about my experiences and, and I try to to talk about the culture, mm-hmm. where we came from, where we are now, and where I may feel like, you know, we should go. But, you know, but I don't really have, like, a clear, 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 like, vision um, of what it's going to look like. Are you in talks with people who make those decisions? Yeah. I mean, I definitely try to insert myself as much as I can in, you know, a lot of different pockets. So, like, politics, um, advocating for more arts programming and support. Um, arts is one thing I feel like is really hard in DC. It's hard to be an artist in D. I feel like in DC. I feel like, uh, no, I don't think so. Really, I think that there's a huge like art community in DC. Um, it feels small though. Like I'm not gonna. Like, I I, I kind of feel like I've seen it. Like I, I've almost seen it all in a weird way. Well, you've never been to a go go, so I don't. Know <laughs> well, like, maybe not that part. You know what I'm, I'm I'm just saying, like, but but for for it to be still so prominent right now in the city and you still have never been, that's just like us talking about the arts. Like, mm-hmm. I'm telling you that 
Like, there's a huge community. You know what I mean? Like, we just got to get you out of this basement. Or, actually, we're not in the basement. We're on the second it, floor. It kind of feels like a basement. Because like there's, yeah. there's no windows in here, right? Yeah. I, um, I actually just had someone who hosts battle rapping in the area DM me. Oh, yeah? Do you know anything about that? Somebody hosting battle rapping? Who is the person? Oh, man, I don't remember off the top of my head, but he's he's a, it's like DMV battle raps, and he hosts, like, these battle rap events all around yeah. DC. Yeah, there's... Yeah, I'm huge into battle rap, too. You like that? Man, that's, like, my like my therapy. Like, I'm, like, URL, smack DVD, like, fiend. Like, I love it. Disaster, you heard of that guy? Yeah. Yeah, he's <laughs> funny as hell. Yeah, battle rap is crazy, man. Yeah. It's weird, because it's, it's, like, an insult fest, but it's, like, clever. It, it, the crazy, yeah, it's super clever. The crazy part about it is, like, you know, they get personals and and everything else right but then they like shake hands at the end it's, it's like weird. Yeah, it's, it's weird. weird it's like yo you they, just they turn it on and off like that like it seems so offensive yeah like some of the stuff that they talk about some stuff is like it's funny and you know it's like not real like you know what i mean like all right you know you're putting on a show but then some stuff is just like i don't know like that one is like it's like a it's like a real thing yeah it's like this guy did research on you he yeah. legit called your mom's friend's friend to find out about that one girlfriend you had so he could bring it up yeah that's insane yeah i mean the the quality of insult and then they like shake hands and like hug at the end and like they're like laughing and smiling and stuff and i'm like it's weird because i'd be pissed you could have swear they're about to punch each other in the face like two seconds ago yeah <laughs> yeah disaster did punch somebody in the face did he yeah. I'm like, come on, it's bound to happen in that scene, right? Yeah. Someone just says the wrong thing, just bad day. <sighs> yeah. So but. what's your opinion on uh the arts in DC? Um like I I I I feel like in New York there's affordable housing in places like Brooklyn, and which mm-hmm. is why the arts can thrive because artists can live in an area that's so affordable. But mm-hmm. in DC, I don't know where that is. Yeah, so there are there are very, very, very small pockets. Um, but I do know that that there are certain organizations that are actively trying to fund some building uh, or in some uh, development somewhere just because it has been recognized. Um, the mayor has signed a a bill that supports um, some of the arts, you know, in the, in the, in the community. So there are, there are small pockets, but I think that, you know, I mean, obviously like I'm always going to feel like we need more. Oh, I mean, 100%. Um, I, but I feel like going back to the point when you were asking, no one asked us how we feel about it. Yeah. It's, I, I've ran to so many people who have art spaces um, and they take over old, old properties. But then for these art spaces, you have to be approved to get in. You got to pay $800 a month to even have this tiny little space. And it's just like, this isn't an art space. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that kind of sucks. You know, uh, it kind of, it kind of sucks, but I mean, maybe that is, you know, maybe you're presenting me an opportunity for me to be able to do something, you know, and open up my own space, like get somebody to give me a building. So, so this building right here that we're in, this is called DC Art Studios. To, to my knowledge, this is the oldest art community in DC. It's been here since the 70s. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm sure you heard of Douglas Development. Of course. The story behind that is the Douglas guy himself bought this building for the arts. It was a huge hippie compound, uh, as well as all of Tacoma was. Um, now, actually... I'll tell you something funny. Okay that Davin probably didn't mention. What? We actually looked at 
office space in this building, oh, we, and we met with uh, the, the the family, the Douglas Development, when we were looking for a space for for premium. Whoa! Um, and it, I want to like we were like probably like in this room because it looks like <laughs> it looks like so familiar. This was that room, like this big ass pillar right here. Like I'm looking at like man, like because I remember saying like man, we gotta like find a way to like get around that pillar. Yeah, but um, obnoxious, and they were gonna they were gonna give us a space for you know. For super super cheap. Wow. Um, but this was before like all the stuff that walking through the hallway, like none of this stuff like was in here. Um, so it's good to know that like he actually did something, you know, good with the building. Well, it, 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 that's changing because we're getting choked out of here. Uh, yeah. Oh, so it was one of those things. Yeah, yeah I know. It's one of those things where they he's built. like, here, take this space. Um, okay, I'm ready for the space. Like you got to get out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no joke. Like literally, they built a Montessori on the first level, and the Montessori wants to expand. And then the building owners like, well, what do we want? A Montessori school in Tacoma, where, everyone have, where everyone's having babies, or do we want all these stupid ass artists here? It, like, it seems like a pretty obvious choice. If I mean for them, but it just sucks because it's. I feel like it's just such rich history here. Mm-hmm. For, for, and everyone here, these are all working artists. These all the artists in here are like people who are really putting on in the city. They're doing murals. They're doing exhibitions and. I don't know where all of it's going to go. Yeah. I mean, like I said, like maybe that's, you know saying, like somehow, you know what I'm saying, like it's, it's fate. Mm-hmm. It's you're presenting me an opportunity that maybe that's something that I need to be working on or something that I need to be looking into um, a lot more. It's like, you know, a lot of times you get, you know what I'm saying, like so caught up in your own situation, like I got a house. You know what I mean? So it's like you know that you have these artist friends but never really question like, so where are you living these days? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so live work is not a thing anymore. Yeah. So you know, maybe this, maybe this, that's what this is. I mean, dude, that'd be in, incredible for, to do something like that because all the art spaces I see, even before I randomly came across the spot, it was just super expensive, super bougie, so hard to get into, long wait list, and, and, and the list goes on and on. You know, I was mm-hmm. just like, fuck, this is so frustrating as a photographer to try and find some space. It was crazy. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Um, you have two phones, man. Yeah. That's crazy. You're a two-phone dude. Yeah, I usually have three phones. Jesus. Yeah, it's crazy. Do you have an assistant? No. Oh. I actually, I've tried to have, I tried to, to get an assistant multiple times, but it's so hard to keep up with me because I like, I move and shake like, you know, like I'm here one minute, you know what I'm saying, I'm gone the next. Um, I don't really write my schedule down the way that I should, I literally like have everything in my mind. Like I knew that I was supposed to be, like I can literally like see the schedule as I'm, as I'm looking in my brain, like, okay, like I knew it, like. That's impressive as fuck. I had to be here at two. I knew that I, I was going to have a call at three. That's why I let you know so that I wouldn't forget. Um, I know that when I leave here, I know, you know, where I need to go after here. I know what I need to do after. It's just like all in my mind. Jesus, impressive. Yeah, so, like, when people are like, well, how am I supposed to know? Like, you got to write some of this stuff down. It's like, well, you're an assistant. You write it down. It's like, okay, well, you got to tell me to write it down because I don't know what your schedule is. Like, it's in my head. Yeah, I'm just like, you know, you didn't tell me that you were going there. I'm like, I forgot. (laughs) I forgot to tell you. I knew that I needed to be there, but I forgot to tell you. You know your schedule. Yeah, exactly. So it's just one of those things that's just super hard. Um, Especially because you're branching out to LA and in New York, I see a lot like the diet pop up coming up. That's got to be, I'm sure things are getting crazy for you these days. Yeah, and then also too, it's just like it's the way that I'm. I, you know, I just look at my schedule like, or I look at my workload like, yo, I have all of these things that I need to do, 
and I may spend an hour on this and may decide to stop and then do something else. And can I ask what a day in your life is like, like, like a, like a busy day, a busy day. All right. Um, today. Yeah. I get up every day at seven 30 cause I take my son to school. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's one. I drop him off by eight 30. Um, left the, left the school, went straight to the barbershop, had to get a haircut cause I had to come back home, change my clothes, be at the the school where I was speaking at at Achievement Prep. I had to be there by 11.45. I went there, spoke to a group of seventh graders. Um, It was 40 minutes to get from southeast where I was over here. Um, Sitting here doing a podcast with you, I told you that I was going to have to take a break because I was going to have to catch the, the, the phone call. We paused. I caught the phone call. I'm sitting here looking at uh my the time on my phone and I know that I have a certain amount of time left to sp- speak to you. What time you got to be out of here? Um, by four. Okay. So we got another thirty minutes. Cool. Um, and the reason why I say four is because I know that we're gonna we'll stop at four and then it'll go four or five and then we'll still wrap after that four fifteen. So I know if I'm out the door by four fifteen, then I can make it to the next appointment that I have to be at at five. I'll be there from five until six. I'll try to get back home um, to see my my family. You know, what I'm saying for a moment. Then I'll jump on my phone and let people know, like, hey, I'm about to drop these invitations off for the Sandlot, which is opening tomorrow. And I'm going to drop them off at these seven different locations, and then I'll do that. And maybe I'll stay at one of them, and I'll stay there for a couple hours. I'll come come back to my house. I'll sit down. I'll work on some stuff that I got to work on with Davin. Um, I mean, like, it, it sounds like a good day. It's a good, productive-ass day. Yeah, but I mean, like, you know, so like this is like all the stuff that I'm thinking of, like, right off the top of my head, but I know that there's so much more. I didn't even mention the fact that, like, the actual work that has to be done at the Sandlot, Ian's been down there all day. They <laughs> delivered a shipping container, um, which we had built to be the bar. Um, it got delivered today, so he was... I saw he's opening going, tomorrow. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I saw him up on a forklift today, which was kind of crazy, and I called him. I was like, yo, like, are you fucking trying to kill yourself? Like, we didn't even open yet. Um, you know, preparing for it, yeah. preparing for tomorrow, uh, what that's going to look like, then preparing for the weekend. I mean, it's just a, a ton of stuff. You know, there's always go, 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 go. And then, you know, obviously two cell phones. So they're always, I mean. It sounds fun, though. Like, it, it doesn't sound like you're just, like, sitting, designing, or doing anything, like, hyper- I mean, it's creative, but you're not like coming up with like a logo. It just sounds like you're just, you're literally just talking to people all day. Talking to people all day, communicating with people all day. Uh, the only physical like like work that I have to do is, you know, helping Davin with like the concepts for, you know, whatever. Or if we're doing sponsorship decks, like helping mm-hmm. with that. Um, but yeah, but like literally like the plug, like literally connecting the dots, doing whatever it is I need to do, signing some some papers or whatever. Um, you know, a ton of fucking meetings all the time with liquor reps, and I mean, my uh, you know, I'm the Jameson ambassador or or influencer for DC, and I'm getting a text message from my uh, point of contact, Lauren. So they they come shout to out to Lauren. Want, they, <laughs> she's like, hey, you know, you need to post for Jameson today. So you know, Jesus. so I got to come up with a clever caption um, that they have to approve. Drink Jameson, it gets you drunk. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so like. I mean, it's just a ton of stuff. It's just, you know, a ton of communicating, 
Um, but it's like an all day thing, like all day, every day from the moment that I wake up, there, my phone is already ringing. I've already got emails and shit like that. And it goes all the way until, you know, two, three o'clock in the morning. I literally like go to maybe like, maybe get like, maybe like four hours of sleep. If that. You know I mean? Dang, four? You operate out four? I mean, you know, late night is like the best hours to work. Like you can. No one's bothering you too. Yeah, it's like, you know, 12 o'clock hits, you know, like the majority of people are, are asleep. So 12 to 3.30, you know, you're up doing whatever, researching, writing. Um, you know, I, I usually like start formulating my emails or whatever, and I may not send them until like I'll draft them. I might not send them until like the next morning. Mm. Or something like that Or you know whatever It's just uh, just a bunch of stuff It's interesting or Matt, I feel like it's one of those questions Where someone who's like What the hell does Uncle Scooty do all yeah. day Like that's it It's like you're meeting people And kissing babies Yeah That's sweet So man I, I, I feel like we're kind of at the end here Like like just naturally I feel like I kind of covered anything Is there anything left that you want to talk about? Um, You know I'm You know let's just continue to like support each other You know what I'm saying Like in the city Like that's a huge thing for me um, let me say this, um, before it ends, I always like to ask the guest to kind of say something to someone who might want to be in your position, like someone who looks at you and they're like, yo, I hope I can give back to the city like uncle Scooty one day. Like, how can I do that? Like, I want to do that. Like, it's, I admire the fuck out of what he's doing. Like, what, what do you have to say to that person? Who's like, whether it's DC, New York, whatever it is, who's just trying to put on for the hometown and just kind of you know, maybe he's inspired by you. Like, what do you have to say to them? That's like, it's super crazy because, man, so many people like send me messages and like, like stop me like well, out, in, out in public. I literally can't go anywhere in the city without seeing multiple people that I know. Like, that's just, you know, it is what it is. But like, people always walk up to me and they always like, man, you inspire me. And I get so nervous. Like, Cause I just don't really know how to respond, um, so I always like like I, I did a podcast maybe like uh, two months ago, and I spoke to that and just saying like, you know, if if you've ever ran into me and you ever said something like that to me and I and I like gave like a mediocre ass response or whatever, it wasn't because I didn't appreciate it, it was because sometimes it is very hard for me. I'm my toughest toughest critic I don't feel like I'm living up to my potential 120 percent like I know that there's so much more for me so it's a, a one side of it is like like if you think that's good like like you haven't seen anything yet they like, like don't give me like don't yeah like don't thank me just yet because there's so much more you know to me that's one and then two you know, then there's the other side of me. You know, I, I talk a lot about, you know, it's like mental health. Like I deal with depression and anxiety um, where people say that and I don't and I don't see those type of things in myself. Mm. Um, so so then it becomes like awkward, too, because like, man, he thinks I'm the greatest person in the world. But, I you know. My mindset is like, oh, you ain't shit. Like right before that, you're literally thinking like, God, I'm not working hard enough today. Yeah, like, I need you know to schedule I mean? more. And this guy comes up and he's just like, dude, you are, you're, hey, you're, insp- you're inspiring me, man. Yeah, like, so crazy. like, so, um, so, 
what I'm learning is, and a friend of mine actually gave me this quote, and I and I started using it. But um, your anything is someone else's everything. Mm. So I that's what I try to like keep internalizing. Like your anything, like like what you think is like, is just like mediocre. That's everything to somebody else. Um, and and you have to like. You gotta like know that, and and accept it for what it is, um, and appreciate those people that appreciate you. So, you know, I can man. Yeah, yeah it's I so can. easy to be our toughest critic when you're just trying to get things done and do things and yeah. have these grand divisions. And you might not feel like you hit it every day, but it's like you try your hardest. But to someone else, like, dude, he's fucking killing it. Yeah, but I mean, but like to those people, you know, I would tell them like, um. Do you, mm-hmm. you know, being Scooty is dope. I am Scooty. <laughs> like, you know, being Scooty is super dope. Um, super grateful for all the opportunities that I've that I've had. Um, but do you, you know what I mean? And like, and be and be the best, be the best you, because whether or not you know it, like you being you is what inspires me. Mm. Oh yeah, man. Hmm. That's sweet. Well, shit, yeah. if, if anyone wants to uh, check out anything you're cooking up, check out the Sandlot or anything, uh, where should they go? Um, follow me on Instagram, and then you can pretty much find everything else. So at Uncle U-N-K-L-E-S-C-O-O-T-Y um, on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and you can follow, you know, Premium from there. You can follow Diastas Monday. You can find Davin. You can find Tyler. You can find John. Um, you can find my Rock Creek Social Club page. You can find my partner Jerome. Um, uh, that's the hub, right? I mean, there. yeah, like that's, that's it. A, I mean, and the re- and the rest of the and the rest of the team. You know, shout out <coughs> Alexis. Oh, you can find Broccoli City, um, Broccoli City Festival. Um, Man, I mean, if you want to follow Jameson, you can. Like, I mean, but like <laughs> everything is pretty much like like tagged yeah. in my page, and then anybody that's associated or affiliated with any of those brands, like you can pretty much find them. And you know, and and I encourage you know saying like you to you know look at those people and like follow them because I mean, if you really want to like know my story, like my like like it is like getting to know them is knowing my story mm-hmm. um, because I'm influenced by all the people that are around me. And even though I might get the credit for a lot of the things that you see, like the people that are around me, my teams are like, you know, they're instrumental in in majority of every project. Um, And I always like to say that too, because a lot of times like they just don't get the credit, you know what I'm saying, for playing the background. I respect respect that. They even shout them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, cool, guys. Uh, I'll link it if you're watching YouTube or if you're listening, check out YouTube. He spelled it out for you. Uh, if you're in DC, check out the Sandlot. That'll be epic. Can we yeah. come through? And Absolutely. Guys, that's it. Don't call my phone. I'm not picking it up. <laughs> Do not call him. Yeah, you, you stuck outside for whatever reason. Like, I'm not coming outside. <laughs> Don't want to be with school. <laughs> let me in, man. Let me in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet, man. Well, uh, that's it. That's the angle. And thank you for coming on. Appreciate it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sweet. Well, mm. nice. Gotta stop it and shit, you know. That was cool. Yeah, man. All right, guys. Never been done before. Throwing it back in. Was it the first time you you rapped with him? No, this is the first time we ever worked together. Oh, whoa. So literally, 
whenever he does podcasts, we always end up talking after the podcast and he's, we start talking about Pierre, which is like another reason why you're here. And you just told a really cool story. Could you, could you say that again? So, uh, so we talked about like, um, how I even met Pierre. So, um, I was out to dinner with my wife and Pierre was out to dinner as well. We were at like an event of a mutual friend of ours and, and he came over to me and he was like, going back to what we talked about, he's like, man, like you're, you know what I'm saying? Like you inspire me. Like I, I fuck with everything that you're doing um, in the city. And he literally like looked at me. He didn't say like, yo, can we work together? He was like, yo, we're going to work together. Damn. He was like, he's like, trust me. And like the confidence that you see, like when he's speaking, like when he was at the podcast, like he's like, look at me in my eye. And mm-hmm. I mean, obviously like he works out and shit. So he's like, <laughs> Like, this big dude, I'm he's, like, he's like looking at me. He's like dead in the eye. He's like, he's like, we're going to work together. He was like, trust me. And, you know, sure enough, I was like, I didn't know if he expected a response. I was like, all right, cool. What you doing tomorrow? And he's like, he was probably not expecting that. <laughs> yeah. He's like, like, I'm, I'm free. And I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> so I was like, yo, we're shooting this shit for a premium, um, some lookbook stuff you know, pull up with your camera or whatever and, you know, we'll catch like some behind the scenes stuff and he shows up and I just literally just showed you the picture on my phone. Like he shows up and never left. Dude. Yeah. P- Pierre, Pierre is, 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 he seems like a more of a quieter guy. Mm-hmm. And so for him to do that, he must have really meant it. Like for him to walk up to you like that, look you in the eyes and like, I'm going to work with you. For coming from him, I know that's powerful. That's moment. Yeah. Pierre is, is a, it, like, Pierre's a, the person, like, he, he's definitely, like, if he's given an opportunity, he's going to take full advantage of that opportunity. Like, I remember him just saying, like, like he would call me and say, like, yo, in the morning, yo, what are you doing today? I'm like, man, I got a bunch of running around to do. Yo, can I roll with you? I was like, yeah. And he would just, and he would just, <laughs> he would just, and he would just, like, not my assistant, but he would just be in the car, he'd be with me. And I'm literally going meeting to meeting, and he would be snapping pictures of me. And then with, when people would see the camera, it would be like, oh, is this your photographer? I was like, yeah, actually, you know, Pierre does does uh, photo and video for me. You know, I'm like hyping the yeah. situation up. And then like, oh, man, do you have a car? you have some information or whatever? Yeah. So just, you know, I was, I was opening up doors by just saying like, yo, you could just roll with me. And then he was putting in the work, like following up with these people and and everything, and it and it led to, you know, that says a lot about him though to even hit you up and be like, yo, let me just come, I'll do anything I can, yo, like that's some I mean, passion shit, that's some passionate shit, that's awesome, that's yeah, respect. super passionate. He never said that. Yeah, he like, uh, it's so crazy, man. Like me and Pierre, like that's like my little bro, but he'd say like I'm like I'm tough on Pierre, like I like. I'll let him come back on the podcast and tell you this, but I remember one time he sent me this video and we had just had like a like an hour-long conversation in the car, like maybe like a couple of days before. He's like, man, I want to be the best. And he was like, serious. I'm like, okay, you, you want to be the best? Cool. Note it, right? So he sends me this video for something that I needed. And I was like, yo, this video is trash. <laughs> like, yo, this video is, I was like, yo, this video is fucking trash. Damn. And I was like, Bro, I was like, do you want to be the best? He was like, of course I want to be the best. I was like, yo, if you want to be the best, I said, yo, pick three of your top video, pick three top videos that you've ever seen in your life, not your own. 
three of the top videos that you've ever seen in your entire life and compare this video that you sent me to those videos. I said, if this does not compare to those, I said, you not only did me a disservice, but you did yourself a disservice. Yo, he went back and changed the whole entire thing, gave it to me. I was like, yo, this is fire. Dang. This is fire. Like him, he, and I always tell him, like, bro, like, I'm, I'm, you know, my bad. I didn't mean, he like, nah, like, yo, like, tell me, like, if you don't like something, like, tell me, like, let me know. I'm never going to get better. And every single time I see him, he's always trying to, like, improve and trying to do, like, something better. Like, he is, Pierre is, like, one of the 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 people that um, that I kind of started with and, like, is still with me to, the, to this day and then flourishing, like, on his own. I remember the day that, you know what I'm saying, like, that he got fired from his job. And I had been telling him prior to, I was like, yo, you need to leave that shit. You need to leave that job. You need to stop doing it. He's like, man, I got to do this, that, and the third. Or he's like, yo, I got to bounce. I'm like, man, fuck that job. Like, bro, like, you're good. Like, you could be out here doing it. The time that you're spending going to go sell, you know what I'm saying? Like, whatever the fuck it was. He's selling, like, supplements. Yeah, whatever. He's selling that shit, bro. Like, you could be editing a video or you could be shooting here or wherever. I'm like, come on. So when he could just draw, he was like... I mean, when he lost his job, he's like, yo, literally hitting the ground running. Like, I'm I'm coming for every opportunity, like, and I'm going to kill this shit. And that's what he was doing. Like, you know what I'm saying? A lot of stuff, he's like self-taught. Like, I know he watches a ton of fucking videos, reads a lot of books. He's a very um, smart kid. Yeah, super, super smart. He, he's and, super and smart. you would never he's even deep. know that he's that young. Crazy. His, his exhibition itself was re, was really cool. Yeah, yeah, it was super cool, and it was a step outside the box for him. I feel like so, you probably pushed him on that too. You know what i I don't think that I don't think that I specifically pushed him on that at all. I think that I just push him in general. You know, what I'm saying mm. to to always like want more, and then I lead by example. You know, with him and with anybody else, and then like I said, you know what I mean. Like I'm I'm there to support him with with with. Whatever I have, I'm so glad you told him something was trash though, because I feel like so many people are yes men these P- days. Pierre would anybody that works with me would would tell you like my opinion is my opinion, but I know how to properly articulate my opinion with facts of like, and then I also say like this is my video, I'm paying for it, so <laughs> if I don't like it, then you know then I don't like it, but but you know, but he is a dude that I know that will be in my life, you know, saying forever. Like you can throw him in the pile with a. Uh, with um with Davin and John and Tyler and Jerome and 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 Dominique and Alexis and 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 Skylar and Justin and all the rest of them, you know what I'm saying? Like they're just people that'll just be in my life forever. And, you know, I'm super, super glad that I that I met him. And I mean, you can go down like my timeline. You could tell when he got like got to be like superstar status. Cause like at one point, like I posted like pictures for like two years and it was like at District Dodger, at District Dodger. Now you don't even see as many District Dodger tags yeah. on my page because, yeah. Cause he's out he's, doing his own thing now. Yeah, he's, he's a superstar now. They, they share that same sentiment, though, of, like, they will tell you something's trash. Yeah. I, I know Davin explicitly was like, yo, he's like, people tell me stuff all the time or show me stuff. He's like, he's like, I will tell you to your face that I do not like something. Yeah. Just no, like that honesty that you need sometimes. Specific, very specifically. Um, I'm making these podcasts about them. But Davin, you know what I'm saying, like, is... is <laughs> Um, yeah, it's not, yeah, he is chill out, guys. Scooty's time is shine. <laughs> uh, nah, Davin is man, he's an amazing dude. Like, he John always says, you know, what I'm saying like Davin doesn't get the credit that he deserves or whatever. And every time he says that, it's like, it's like, all right, you know, saying John, like saying that because that's your best friend, but no, but like, true, like, he doesn't get the credit that he deserves. He's a he's a um, an amazing designer, 
Um, He's a ninja with it. Yeah, super ninja with it. Um, and then I always like to, you know what I'm saying, like bring up Tyler uh, because Tyler is a person like the pe- most people that, that know about diet and premium. A lot of people don't know him. He's really under the radar. Yeah, Tyler, super, under, super under the radar. But, you know, his impact on, you know, everything that we do, um, like, like legit, like, man, like he's the, he's the, the, the key, you know what I'm saying? That's kind of like holding all the things together. Cause like while we're moving, like somebody has to be like, you know what I'm saying? Like stable, like somebody's got to be at home base and you know what I'm saying? Like he's kind of taking that, that position and, and, and been cool with it. You know what I'm saying? Cause some people can be mad. Like, yo, like, like nobody talks about me and you know, I'm here, I'm doing all this shit over here or whatever like that. Like, but he, you know, he just kind of just plays his position and it's kind of, it, it kind of just dawned on me that I don't know why I think about sport. You you've kind of created this like brotherhood of like you and these main guys, uh, you know, John Pierre, Davin, Tyler, and you guys are just with each other doing things no matter what. And like that and seems support, to be a big driving support, force to why everyone is so successful. Yeah, and support each other. Like we always say, like 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 John Shoe. Like I don't own John Shoe Company, whether people think that or not, because I post it all the time. But, you know, Rick Ross said something a, a, a while ago in the interview, like, rep that shit like you own it. You know, it's not mine, but, I, I mean, I help out, you know what I'm saying, like, where I can um, because that's, the, that's, my, that's my brother, you know, like, and I want him to succeed. You know, Tyler got, has some things that he's working on in Kentucky, and I support him. We talk on the phone. He's like, yo, like, help me out with this sponsorship stuff or whatever like that. I want him to succeed, you know. Um, so it's, like, kind of support going into John. John is, man, like, I grew up wearing Jordans and, and Adidas and, and Reeboks and everything, and I have a partner that has his own shoe, like a shoe, like, not a brand shoe with his name on it. He has his it's own his shoe. shoe. It's his shit. Like, can you imagine, like, like, going into your closet and putting on clothes and everything that you put on, you own, and then grabbing a pair of shoes out of it and putting it on, and it's, and it's your business partner's shoe, shoes. That's crazy. Like, that's crazy. That's crazy. Like, I don't know, like, you know what I'm saying, like, many people, you know what I'm saying, like, She's like, the rare thing that people don't make. Yeah. So, like, you know, for him to be able to do that and for me to be able to be a part of that, um, not even just experiencing it like everybody else, but to be a part of it, it's crazy. Um, and, you know, super, super, super uh, creative dude as well. Um and, and dope, man. Cool. Um, cool. Yeah. Well, for an extra segment, that was that was cool. I, I've never come back and thrown another part into the podcast. I was saying, yeah, when we talk about other people, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> now it's cool, man. I don't, I don't have a problem. Like you know, what I'm saying like, no, but that's you know, just big, what it is. Yeah, big up in those that's dudes. What it is because without any of them, you know, any of them. And my apologies if I forgot anybody. If I didn't name you, it's it's not on purpose. It's just because. It's a lot of shit rumbling around in my brain and I'm, you know, kind of spilling shit out before I have to roll. But but shout out to, you know what I'm saying, everybody a part of um a part of Broccoli City Festival. Um, shout out everybody that's part of Rock Creek Social Club, everybody that's a part of Premium, everybody that's a part of Diet Starts Monday. Um, you know, always big love for me. Y'all know that. Right. All right. And for 